This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ernie Velveeta cares. He cares for the community. He cares about his friends. He cares about children. He cares about animals, even ugly ones. Ernie Velveeta, taking the time to care about you. Ernie Velveeta says he cares about the community. Fact. He never says which community he's referring to. Ernie Velveeta says he cares about his friends. Fact. What about Gregory Mills, whom he hasn't called since the fourth grade? Ernie Velveeta claims to care about children. Fact. Many child molesters say the same thing. Ernie Velveeta says he cares about animals. Fact. Tell that to the cow he was slicing last Saturday night at a steakhouse. Does Ernie Velveeta really care for us? Fact. No. No. Paper battle, massive for Congress. Harold Flem Lasky. A police record a mile long. Theft, carjacking, sexual assault, rape, murder. Do you want someone involved in a murder investigation representing you? Ernie Velveeta. Unlike some other politicians, he's not a murderer. Hey man, you watching the game? Which game? The baseball game or the game being perpetrated on voters by Ernie Velveeta? Ernie Velveeta? What do you mean? Have you seen his latest attack ad? He claims that Harold Flemlasky had a police record a mile long and that he was involved in murder and rape investigations. Harold Flemlasky was involved in murder and rape investigations? Of course he was. Harold Flemlasky is a former police officer who was investigating those crimes, not committing them. You know, these misleading attacks have got to stop. As does Ernie Velveeta's addiction to heroin. Damn straight, yo. Fearful of our friends of Harold Flemlasky. Harold Flemlasky, in his own words. The following is actual audio from the latest Flemlasky campaign commercial. Harold Flemlasky was involved in murder and rape investigations? Of course he was. Her- Don't elect a murdering rapist. Okay, all my family members of Bernie Villavita. Flem Lasky. Velvita. 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 
Flem Lasky. Your skin is burning. You can't see. Your heart explodes. You just voted for Harold Flemlasky. People who vote for Harold Flemlasky die. Stew does America. Go to the YouTube page if you'd like to see those Flemlasky Velveeta commercials. I don't know who to vote for in that race, honestly. It's very close. BlazeTV.com slash do to subscribe to Blaze TV. We're going to have great election coverage on election night. Maybe we'll even give you the outcome of the Flemlasky Velveeta race. Use the promo code STU to save 10 bucks. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate it. If you'd like the video right now, make sure to follow as well and click the little bell. Rob Eno is going to be here in a little bit to tell us about the attack on Pelosi's husband and go over some of the election stuff. Chuck Schumer has the old hot mic treatment while talking to Joe Biden. But we start by doing Elon's revenge. Oh, Twitter, 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 Twitter. Twitter was such a happy place. Everyone loved it there. It was the most wonderful experience. Just going to work there every day was basically a party. And then Elon Musk showed up. Let me give you a little historical uh, artifact here about what it was like before Elon showed up. This is from a real Twitter employee who wanted to let you know what it's like for a millennial to work at Twitter. Welcome to a day in my life as a Twitter employee. So this past week went to SF for the first time at a Twitter office, badged in, honestly took a moment to just soak everything in. What a blessing. Also started my morning off with an iced matcha from the perch. Then I had a meeting, so quickly scheduled one of these little pod rooms, which were so cool. They're literally noise canceling. Took my meeting, got ready for lunch. Look how delicious this food looks. Oh my goodness, I was so overwhelmed. Then made my way down to this log cabin area. I don't know what this is, but it was really cool. Played some foosball with my friends to kind of unwind a bit. Um, also found this really cool meditation room that I thought was super neat. Um, I didn't do any yoga, but they have this yoga room if you were a yogi, so also thought that was really cool. Um, had a couple more meetings in the afternoon, had a ton of projects that we needed to knock out. Say hey to my teammates. Um, <laughs> went, to the, went to the library to kind of get some more work done. Obviously had to have our afternoon coffee, so made some espresso. And then before leaving for the day, had some red wine um, that's on tap went up to the rooftop and just honestly enjoyed the beautiful weather. So awesome trip. There you go. It's just that easy. What a wonderful day of work. Because there's a lot of work going on there. Um, Do you notice when she was clocking in for the meeting that the entire day of the meeting schedule was just open? <laughs> that might be a problem uh, here. You also might notice that that video was posted on TikTok which you'd think maybe a Twitter employee would post it on Twitter. I don't know. Look, it's okay to have a, a place where you work that you actually like, but like 80% of her day was spent eating food and drinking expensive coffee. This is the tech world, I suppose, the world that we're supposed to have, where every liberal idea comes true, and you are coddled like a, a four-year-old your entire day at work. Well, I think that's going to change a little bit with Elon coming in, and he's finally going to get his revenge. Now, his revenge was expensive. 
I will say. $44 billion worth of revenge. But he didn't like the way the site was going. He thought it had real potential. And so he ponied up a bunch of his own cash and some other people's, other investors' cash, and has now taken over Twitter. We will completely ignore his sink pun as he walked in and just, just erase that from our, our, our memories and move on to uh, look the outlook here for Twitter as we go forward. Musk begins his Twitter ownership with the firings and gives a tweet uh, to describe that. The bird is freed. He's freed the bird. Everybody. Uh, Twitter employees in the dark as Elon Musk purges top executives. Yes, he walked in with a sink. Uh, we were supposed to forget about that. Then he walks in and just started firing people like crazy. Uh, he, all, a bunch of executives are out. He's going to be taking over and making some real changes. And that's one of the things that's interesting. He tweeted, let the good times roll. And just to show that the site sucks, it gave that a spoiler alert somehow. I, I don't know what that means. I've never seen that alert before. But somehow that was a spoiler alert uh, letting the good times roll. This, of course, did not make people happy on the left. We'll get to that in a second. But I think it's important to take a second here to focus on the the company as a whole. Twitter is often used in a a situation where we talk about a, a political debate. What is its role as the public town square in our country? First of all, uh, it's not a public town. It's a private company. It's not a public town square. I hate when people, I hate that. I hate that whole thing. I get why people say it, because they want there to be restrictions and laws on it, and some of those might be vi- viable, but it's not. A, if that's our public town square, we should just blow the planet up. It's the worst place on earth. Uh, it's already a hellscape, so I don't know why anyone would want to make that our public town square. It's not our public town square. It's a place where people go, uh, tweet porn, uh, make uh, you know, anti-Semitic jokes, uh, you know, um, and then get people kicked off whenever they don't agree with them. That's basically what it is. I don't know if that's the public square you want, I suppose. Hopefully, Elon will be fixing that just a little bit. But bigger than that is every single news story you watch, every single pop culture moment, Every single celebrity, every single example you can come up with, sports, uh, music, acting, uh, news, politicians, everybody has a Twitter account. And they all tweet from it all the time. And every time a new story is written, they include tweets. There has never been a company in the history of mankind that has received more free advertising than Twitter. It is treated as if it is the center of our entire universe even though a very small percentage of people actually use it. In fact, we've done a whole show on this. Uh, I don't remember what the heck Stu does Twitter, maybe. I think you could search for that. I don't remember what the name of it was. But basically, we went through all the, uh, the ways that people use this. And when you're talking about people who are tweeting often about politics, it's like one half of one quarter of one eighth of one sixteenth percent. It's like nobody does it. All the people you know on Twitter and follow and hear about all the time, those people are, don't even... They're barely a a tiny shred of the population that actually do this. So it's important to understand where Twitter is and should be in our landscape. It shouldn't be as talked about as it is. I understand that the Elon Musk thing is a big deal. I know that a lot of people care about it. Honestly, I'm not I'm not sure I'm one of them. You know, I think the thing that you need to understand with Twitter is if you are an investor in Twitter, Elon Musk taking it over is probably a really good thing outside of that. 
I mean, I think he'll do a good job and, and make the site a little bit better as far as free speech goes. I don't expect it to be perfect, though. I don't expect don't expect that every single uh, banning or censoring uh, uh, incident that you don't like is going to go away. It's probably not true. He's even kind of said it's not going to be true. What you can expect, I think, is to make the site better, make it more user friendly. Some of the features that that you might want might be added to Twitter. Also, you I mean, if you're an investor, you probably make a lot of money because he's pretty good with these companies and he's pretty good at identifying where weaknesses are and, and improving them. So you have that. But of course, that's not the left, what the left is looking like at at all. They're basically saying, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. Taylor Lorenz, who might be the single worst person on Twitter, tweeted this. It's like the gates of hell opened on this site tonight. And I hope Elon Musk sues her for that because that is just straight out slander. Uh, the gates of hell have been open on Twitter for a really long time. So it did not happen that night. It's been going on for years and years and years. Every day since Taylor got there, at least, we know the gates of hell have been open. Uh, Mike Redman, he's from Uprox, says, I don't think any of us are prepared for how quickly this whole site is about to go down. It's a miracle flames aren't shooting out of it already. Really? It's just so ridiculous. Um, this. <laughs> Jeff Jarvis is a professor. The sun is dark. <laughs> Good God almighty. Uh, Elon Musk completes Twitter takeover and fires top executives. Dan Rather, who apparently still kicking it. And good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad he's still around. He has not been relevant in a very long time, but apparently he's on Twitter and remembers some songs from 40 years ago. He says, with this Twitter thing maybe changing considerably, a question I am asking, should I stay or should I go now? If I go, there will be trouble. And if I stay, there will be double. So come on and let me know. Should I stay or should I go? Of course, uh, he didn't actually type that himself. It was forged. That's just the way Dan Rather operates. Look, the truth is that Elon Musk will make Twitter better. He will. It will move closer to the site that users actually want. Its business will improve. People won't be as shadow banned as often. We know that. Normal basic truths about lives will be able to be said without massive consequences. But Elon Musk cannot solve the problem we have with Twitter and other social media for that matter. That's our problem. We are psychotically addicted to all of this crap and it needs to stop. Elon Musk is not going to make your neighbor smarter. Elon Musk is not going to make your neighbor any less of an aggressive a-hole online. That's not going to happen. Elon Musk is not going to make your neighbor prioritize real life rather than Twitter. That's just not how this works. Look at the way people are talking about this. As if either Elon Musk is going to ruin their lives or save their lives. It's a freaking website. It's an app. Get over it. If he decides to take every tweet everyone wants to post and auto translate them to Swahili so that no one in America can even read them, it shouldn't matter. What kind of a country do we have if we are so inherently violated by the algorithmic changes of a website that we can't even seem to handle it? If we can't deal with short messages posted mostly by people that we don't know that are skeptical of the election or vaccines or the war or the moon landing. What kind of people are we? Are we this pathetic? And if we can't deal with a thought that is throttled or shadow banned or whatever, no matter how brilliant it is, you put it out there, you think it's the best tweet ever and it gets, it gets throttled. If you can't deal with that, what kind of people are we? 
It's completely unfair to censor or deplatform one side of the aisle and not the other. But perhaps, I'm just throwing this out there, perhaps the right answer is that we all deplatform ourselves. If you want your skin to look years younger, GenuSale skincare is the way to go. Awesome products. That's April from Rockport, Illinois. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is easy to look years and years younger with GenuCell. Mm-hmm. GenuCell is the best in skincare. You can celebrate the holidays early with GenuCell's most popular package at 70% off at GenuCell.com right now. Treat yourself to the only skincare products you'll ever need. And this is also a fantastic gift as well as we get towards the holidays. GenuCell is so confident you'll love your look. Every GenuCell order uh, has a 120-day money-back guarantee. For a limited time, every most popular package has all sorts of really, really cool GenuCell uh, correcting serum, and that's free. Uh, GenuCell has delighted, happy customers for years by treating tens of millions of everyday skin problems like wrinkles, dark spots, dry skin, sagging jawline, facial redness, and even those annoying bags and puffiness for men and women just like you. And if you're buying it for someone else, you don't have to tell them, hey, I see all your bags and puffiness there. You need Just give it. It's the best in skincare. They're going to like it anyway, whether they have bags and puffiness and wrinkles or not. And with its immediate effects, GenuCell guarantees results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. GenuCell.com slash stew is the place to go to get your most popular package. It includes a complimentary gift set plus free express shipping. G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash stew. It's GenuCell.com slash stew. Rob Eno is here. He's a resident media critic for Blaze TV, and we welcome him in. Rob, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me um, All right, let's talk elections. All right. We're just over a week away. We have a lot going on. The Senate, uh, I want to get your take on the overall Senate first, but let's look at a couple of these races first of all. Give me something about Nevada. This is one we have not talked an awful lot about. It seems to me to be pretty darn close. You've got the Democratic incumbent there, uh, Cortez Masto, going against Adam Laxalt. And also there's a close gubernatorial race there, too. Can you give us a picture of what we're looking at in Nevada? What I think you're seeing is I think you're seeing Hispanics moving towards the Republican Party, which you're seeing in a bunch of places in the United States. And a lot of it has to do with Hispanics, like like a lot of the African-American community, are very socially conservative. Right. And you're they, they don't buy this woke nonsense. And. You know, Nevada over the past few years has been hit harder by the downturns. I mean, all of these all of these places mm. that closed travel hurt Nevada. Yeah. Nevada. Nevada is like Florida, a mainly tourist based economy. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that is what the Las Vegas and even up in Tahoe and Reno and that area. They're a tourist based economy and they got hammered. Yeah. Uh, when when COVID hit and all the lockdowns hit. So I think that those two things you're seeing a movement in in. Both of those are going to go Republican. I mean, Laxalt has been up in poll after poll after Mm -hmm. poll after poll. And as we know, the polls skew a little bit Democratic, even now. Often, yeah. Often. And, you know, he's outright winning in most of the polls in that state. Uh, I was in Nevada. um, Not that I guess it was last year, maybe last summer. I remember there was football. We were watching football. So it had to be a little bit later in the year. And I was shocked, honestly, when I got there to find out they still had an indoor mask mandate in Las Vegas. 
you know, people now it was not really enforced. It right. really was a lot different than you saw, in, you know, like you'd see in, in you know, Washington, D.C. or something. But it, it, this had to have killed this economy. And, and the people who are, who are casting their votes now, this is their first time to speak out about how that was handled. You're absolutely right. And I think that that's what it is, that this economy is what the Democrats have done to us since covid. It should uh, and be. then all the you know, and I think that that's what it really is. I think, and especially people, on the gubernatorial side, like that. Yeah. These are these exact. These are the executives that made choices about your freedom during the last couple of years. This is the time to make your voice heard. Absolutely, and I think that that's exactly what you're going to see. Okay, um, and you think uh, Laxalt will win? I mean, yes. He he's he has been up in the polls. The thing about Nevada that's a little different than some of the other states that we're discussing is it is a purple state. Maybe it even leans a little blue fundamentally, as you mentioned, a right. large minority populations. Fund, so the fundamentals, you wonder if, you're not worried about the, that, those fundamentals undercutting the vote for Laxalt. I, I don't think so. I think people are that, that, are that upset. And it's, it's school things. It's all of the yeah. things that are, that are nationally driving this wave. And I think that people in Nevada wake up like you and I wake up and say, we can't buy the same amount of stuff. That we used to, you know, a grocery. I don't know if you, when you go to the grocery store, I used a little basket. I don't have a family, so I used a little basket. Yeah. And that little basket's like a hundred bucks now. <laughs> like the top of the little basket. Is there it's like a hundred bucks. It's, well, it's insane. Here, is there ever a reason to take the little basket? I mean, you could just fill up the cart with less stuff and still have wheels and not have to carry it. I can, but it's still, I, no, I don't use the hand basket. I use the little oh, cart. Oh, okay, the little cart. Little cart. Okay, little cart. Little I just cart. don't understand the basket people. If you're one of these basket people, what are you doing? You got a basket, it's on wheels. You can just push it around. Is the small basket, is it the large basket? That's fine. You make that call, but why carry around a basket the entire time? I just don't understand it. Totally side. It's point. cardio. Any, well, I Maybe. guess you get the cardio. I would just say any <laughs> candidate that would support banning those baskets, I'm on your team. I'll donate to you right now. Um, let's go over to Michigan. Michigan's mm-hmm. another one. You know, it hasn't been at the top of the profile nationally, but a really important race, particularly for, for uh, the gubernatorial seat there. Right, and Whit- Whitmer's self imploded, right? She's mm. reminded people why they were upset with her during COVID, yeah. especially in the past couple of debates. The, you know, her and Hochul, the best thing that happened was Fetterman completely blowing up because it's kind of hidden yeah. nationally what's been happening there. And Tudor Dixon is is pushing the race. And in, in, in Michigan, a lot of it has to do with the COVID stuff, but a lot of it has to do with parental rights. It's 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 the parental right thing that, you know, that's what happened in Virginia, right? Nobody thought that Virginia was going to go Republican. For, for the gubernatorial candidate, mm-hmm. and it was the parental rights, just, and, and that's Hispanics, it's African Americans, it's all these, all these it's people, everybody. poor African Americans don't want their kids being to- taught, you know, taught that, that gender reassignment surgery is okay, and have books in their library, you know, teaching four-year-old, four to ten-year-olds how to have sex, right? <laughs> they don't want those things in their library, mm-hmm. that's not what they want, and the left is making it look like when they talk about book bannings that we're banning, you know, Anne Frank's diary or right. something like that. It's so they're trying to ban explicit sexual material from being available to children. And I think that that's the sort of thing that's going to happen. I have a friend in California. Um, she actually writes for Red State. I don't know if she still is or if she's on hiatus. Kira Davis who's running for school board in the Los Angeles Unified School District as a conservative. And she probably has a good, she's an African-American woman, probably has a good chance of winning this race because parents are that upset. And we've seen that happen in San Francisco. We've seen it happen in Maryland. We've seen it all over the country. Um, Let's go over to Herschel Walker in Georgia. Mm -hmm. Again, this is, I mean, Georgia at this point is a purple state, right? It really is. And even though I think the fundamentals there are a little bit different, maybe a little bit more conservative leaning, Walker's had his issues. He's been accused of all these things. I think he's 
He's joked about them, basically. I think he's handled them pretty well. Where do you see that race? I, I see that race go to Walker. Yeah. I absolutely. At this point in time, if that didn't hurt him two weeks ago, the second. Oh, that was ridiculous. The second one's not going to hurt either. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that I was waiting for that first poll, like I think you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you, you had a special right after that came out. You were talking about one of your election updates. And it's, it's really I was waiting for those polls. And the polls are starting to show Walker pulling away with it. Um, which are really interesting to me that that's happening. But I think, again, it's fundamental. People are sick of what they're spending at the gas station. They're sick of what they're spending. And they remember that the guy might have tweeted bad, but things were a lot better. And I think you're seeing that across places. And I think you're not going to see, well, maybe Georgia might be different because you have two African-American candidates, but across the country, I think you're going to see lower African-American turnout. That's why one of the reasons Trump won in 2016 mm-hmm. is the, the record African-American turnout for Obama's two elections wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're going to see that in Georgia again. And I, I think that last election was an anomaly. Um, and I think that you're going to see that come apart. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting one to watch. I think Georgia, there's a good chance uh, there. Uh, you know, let's go to the general Senate here for a second, because. Uh, you know, as we get closer to the election, I think the polls are moving the right way from mm-hmm. the way that I want. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we're at a point now where Republicans have I, I would consider them the favorites to take over the Senate at this point. Uh, I know our friend Steve Dace is even more optimistic. He oh, he, to, he's going super long. Where, where is he now? He's at 55. 55. I'm not that. I, I'm at 54. 54. So I'm you're, at 54. You're yes on New Hampshire for Republicans. I'm yes on New Hampshire. Not on Colorado. Is that no, where you're I, I Not on Colorado. I've not gone there yet. But mm-hmm. if this continues to be a wave election, I could see Colorado switch. I mean, Colorado has recently had Republican senators. It's Colorado yeah. is a is a purple state. Um, you yeah, because it, it's got a lot of mountain areas. It's trended blue. It's lately. trended blue lately, mm-hmm. but it's got a lot of mountain areas and, yeah. and things like that. But it's trended blue because Cory Gardner was there, yeah. a Republican, not that long ago, right? Before he banned birth control in that famous commercial. Um, the next one after uh, Colorado is Washington, I think, right? Yeah, and, and then, then you're that, to that's the stretch, stretch. The, yeah. the Washington's the stretch, stretch. Washington, then Connecticut, and then Connecticut. I mean, the, no, those are like yeah, super stretches. Not be right? But what you're going to see in the Northeast is you're going to see a heck of a lot more. Republican congressman, yeah, which you haven't especially. seen. You're going to see mm-hmm. one in Rhode Island, Rhode Island you two. Yeah, Fung, okay. mm-hmm. he's he's way up, and he's mm-hmm. he's been a mayor um, in that in like the biggest city in that district. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're going to see Fung. You're going to see a, maybe one or two in Connecticut. I think Connecticut five is one of the big ones, mm-hmm. and then that northern. Uh, I think Poliquin is going to retake his seat. And I think you're going to see one of the New Hampshire seats. I'm really interested to see Maya Flores here in Texas as well. Right. Because that is, going back to what you were saying about Nevada, the, the, the Hispanic movement toward Republicans seems really clear. She won this district, but that was before it was redrawn. It's been redrawn to be harder for her to win. Right. If she can win after all of this, it's really remarkable. Yeah, and, and we'll know that mid, probably midnight, not, not midnight, midnight, but mid the election right. special in election a couple night. weeks mm-hmm. that we have here at Blaze TV. We'll know that. And that that'll be a, a canary in the coal mine. Right. So, so will I think one of the New Hampshire ones or if something happens in places that we don't think on the House. I think that's how you're going to see if it's a if it's a wave year. And then I think how close states are like Maryland and Massachusetts, where they're predicting 20 point victories for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Right. If or 30 point victories, if those are 10 point victories. I mean, that's that, that's going to be a bad vibe for the rest of the nation. Well, if you think about uh, the one that keeps popping into my head is not even Virginia as much as New Jersey, which should have been a blowout. It's it's right. freaking New Jersey. And no. he all, Phil Murphy should have lost, but almost did. 
Right. And is that possible that we see that? Is What's the race that you think could be, if you had to take like a long shot, like what's the one that you're not going to commit to fully, but you think could be a surprise? LePage in Maine. Mm. Uh, Paul LePage, uh, my French Canadian brother, yeah. um, retaking that, um, retaking he, he that governor before he was right. governor before, mm-hmm. um, lost it a couple of four years ago um, after the, you know, during that 2018 wave mm-hmm. that the Democrats had. Um, I think he moved to Florida for a couple of years because like, I'm done with this. And then yeah. he went back to it's Maine. Really cold there. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, it's it's cold. cold. Northern, northern Maine. There's potatoes and there's snow. And yeah, that's about it. That's about it. And maybe a couple lobsters. Uh, yeah. LePage, though, in the polls. Well, well behind. Well, down, down by like 11 points, you know, but. But that's, you know, you're that's within striking, striking distance. distance. Moving, it's not a 30 point difference right, like, right. like Massachusetts or Maryland is or, or places like that. It's interesting, too, to see both Maryland and Massachusetts on the gubernatorial side who had, again, what I would consider very squishy Republicans. Oh, but both yeah. had Republican governors who yeah. were very popular in their states. And neither one of them is even considering the Republican, it seems, this time. Right. And, and I mean, Char- Charlie Baker, friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, I he, disclosure, I've made money off of. Um, doing things for his campaign in the past. Mm. But he he governed as a left-leaning centrist in a way. Sure. Um, he was very good on some of the COVID stuff. Um, he tried to stop the... He's like, I can't stop you from going around and walking in the street, and I can't stop you from going to a store. Those are not things that the government can do during COVID. So he, he has somewhat of a libertarian streak, but he's also a very process oriented guy. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a technocrat mm-hmm. and that, you know, some of the technocratic things that he's done kind of leans him a little bit left. And then Hogan in Maryland, kind of the same story. Yeah. But like, it's interesting that those states would have a period they would consider to be successful. Right. And then not even consider to go back to that same party. Uh, it's just some, some people are just, I think like it's the Fetterman thing, right? Someone said this, and it's stuck in my head since they said it. The amount of pure partisanship required to vote for John Fetterman <laughs> after watching yeah. that has to be studied in intellectual uh, you know, uh, hierarchy for years to come. John Fetterman is clearly not able to do this job. Clearly. So, like, what part of your brain switches off to not be able to acknowledge that? Well, you don't want to be an ableist. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the worst yeah. thing is to be called an ist. Right. You don't want to be an Any ist. Let me ask you this. If a candidate was paralyzed and mute, unable to co- communicate in any way and could not move to even give sign language, would that be OK? Would they would the Democrats still come out and say it was completely fine? I think the answer to that is yes. Yeah, I do, too. With no ability to communicate any of their policy positions, no ability to speak, no ability to understand anything. They're well, deaf he can to. blink. Yeah, come on. Blink. He can blink twice for a yes and blink <laughs> once for a no. no. That's right. I mean, come on. <laughs> so dry hated to be. I, wow, that was really unfair of me. Robbie Nova, resident media critic for Blaze TV. Be sure to follow him on all social media, of course. And don't miss anything uh, that he puts out as well as the Blaze TV election special he mentioned. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. You'll save 10 bucks. Rob, thanks for coming on. Thanks, sir. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, and it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, and that's a lot of responsibility. You need an agent that can step in and take control of something like that. That's why you always got to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. A lot of people moving from blue states to red states. If you're making that move, you might not know anyone in the new red state. Well, 
we first of all welcome you, of course, with open arms. And secondly, encourage you to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. You'll get some, just give them some basic info. Uh, they will connect you with the best agent in your town. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, a Glenn Beck company, realestateagentsitrust.com. Just an incredibly disturbing story that developed last night into today as someone went to Nancy Pelosi's house and wound up breaking into the house and beating her husband, Paul Pelosi. Uh, Just a terrible, terrible story. He went to the hospital. Looks like he's going to be okay. At least those are the initial reports. Now, of course, that is what they said right after the John Fetterman thing, too. Everything's going to be fine. So hopefully that is actually accurate in this case. Uh, But the person who broke in apparently broke in, broke through some glass uh, came in, said, where's Nancy? I want, I'm waiting for Nancy. There was some sort of fight. Police were called. I guess the police showed up while the actual assault was still going on. They took the hammer and, and started hitting Paul Pelosi with it. Really disturbing stuff. Now, of course, immediately everybody on Twitter was saying, oh, this right-wing extremist must, must, must have done this. You know, this is the result of January 6th and blah, 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 blah. It's really, really difficult to, we don't know all the facts yet, and it's important to uh, understand, but what we know so far is that this guy was apparently some sort of nudist protester, uh, pro-Castro nudist protester from many, many uh, years ago. He married a particularly famous nudist, which I didn't know there were famous nudists. I knew there were porn stars, but I didn't know there was famous nudists. Apparently, that's a California thing. Uh, Married a famous nudist, uh, had a blog that he maintained, uh, a long time ago, it was really, really far left-wing stuff. Uh, lately, has been kind of all over the board. Uh, some stuff, you know, some, some you know, uh, and, uh, election uh, stolen, maybe some stuff in there. Some anti-vaccine stuff. Some, uh, some random, incoherent stuff. A lot of anti-Semitism uh, mixed in there, which isn't a huge surprise when you're talking about a nut job. It's, it's a, uh, it's kind of a weird profile of a person, uh, but. I think both sides are going to be able to both claim and deny them from their side. So I don't think there's a, a huge political side to this. There is the side, though, that is just insane that someone who is married to the Speaker of the House is just at their house with no security at all. It's just inexplicable to me in this time that that can be going on. Apparently, this street is so wealthy, as you'd expect with, with Nancy Pelosi living on it, that they have a private security company that also backs up the police. So it's hard to know exactly what went wrong here. This is the exact type of neighborhood that this stuff's not supposed to happen. Now, San Francisco is has turned into a hellhole with policies uh, you know, that have been, generally speaking, promoted by people like Nancy Pelosi. But this particular area isn't your crappy area of San Francisco where you're seeing meth heads on the corner every day. This is a very nice area, as you'd expect. So for something like this to happen, it's pretty significant. So it does seem like they were specifically targeted in this attack. But the political motivation seems to be all over the board. More more next week when we uh, learn a little bit more on this story. I think it's important not to just jump the gun and make uh, pronouncements. We don't know everything about this. But as we do, we'll keep you updated. The left has tried to make this particular election about abortion. They've decided, hey, you know, we can talk about that. Everyone's worried about that. And, and you know, it's really like a, a tactic I don't, I don't like in some ways because I think it's too important an issue to make some dumb political uh, thing. But on the other hand, I kind of don't mind it. I kind of don't mind the fact that they're talking about it more. I hope more attention gets drawn to this issue. 
Because every time you, you go through a situation where you are talking about life, I think it's important. I think it's important that people can kind of see the truth about issues like this. Almost one out of every five Americans never have a chance to live outside the womb. That's why preborn exists. I, I'm hoping to be go, able to go to one of their clinics here in Texas soon uh, because they're going to just show us all the work that they do. And, you know, people talk about the ultrasounds. They give ultrasounds to pregnant women. And most of the women who see the ultrasound or hear the ultrasound, hear the heart beating, want to have the baby and not abort the baby, which is great. But it's also like they are supporting these families long after birth uh, with things like uh, diapers and car seats and counseling and maternity clothes and baby clothes and all that stuff. It's all free of charge. It's a fantastic organization. They're trying to help babies be born. What better cause could there possibly be than that? Check it out at preborn.com. Preborn.com slash stew is the place to go to get involved, they, you know, if you can help save babies' lives, why wouldn't you want to be involved with something like that? You can donate by dialing pound 250 and say the keyword baby. It's pound 250. The keyword is baby. Or go to their website, preborn.com slash stew. Donald Trump on the golf course. You think Biden could do that? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> kind of a funny moment from the president. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens after this election. Uh, it could be very soon after that Donald Trump is announcing he's going to be running for president. We will see. You know, he, he, one of the, the, the conversations behind the scenes was, do you announce even before this election to get out ahead of people like Ron DeSantis, who looks like he's on his way to a very big win in Florida? I mean, some of these polls are showing up 14 points if he wins that by 14 points, it really strengthens his, his argument to be the candidate, whether Trump runs or not. One of the arguments that uh, the Trump camp is making behind the scenes is, do we just jump out ahead of him? And it would be very strange for DeSantis to win the gu gubernatorial race and then like two weeks later announce he's running for president. So there's a window there where Trump can kind of be the only one in the field and it will clear most of the field. We talked to Rand Paul, who uh, this is you know a few months ago, and I said, hey, you know, you thinking about running for president? And he said, well, it looks like Trump's going to get in. So if Trump's in, you know, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, that, that, that's that's his power in this party right now. Really, anybody if he if he runs, everybody pretty much will clear the field with the exception of possibly DeSantis and maybe someone kind of from the, the Liz Cheney you know, wing as a protest candidate or something. We will see how that goes. Uh, Chuck Schumer caught on a uh, open mic here uh, from cameras really nearby. I don't know why he thought he would be heard here, but this is what he was talk uh, telling Joe Biden when he was talking about the election prospects for Democrats. It looks like it looks like so I, I know it's hard to hear. Let me give you a little quick uh, translation. He said uh, they're doing well in Nevada, basically. Um, it looks like the debate in Pennsylvania didn't hurt us too much, and that's good, he says. And then he said, uh, also, the state we're in trouble here. It looks like Georgia. It looks like, I can't believe they're going to go with Herschel Walker. So this is what they're seeing indoors. The only thing I would, I would, ca I would caution a little bit on this is uh, people are like, oh, that's what Chuck Schumer really believes. You have to understand, Chuck Schumer doesn't really believe anything. Chuck Schumer is just as much a big, fat liar when he's talking personally as he is in front of cameras. 
So really, you can't learn anything from Chuck Schumer. He's just constantly lying. Also, young voters uh, seeming to be missing in action as Dem base flocks to vote early. So the big early vote thing that the Democrats were hoping for is going on. The problem is they're looking at the profiles of these people and they're saying uh, the young people don't seem to be showing up. They obviously need young people to show up in this election. And if they don't, they're screwed. And this is what's seeming to, to show up in the polls. Again, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic at this point for Republicans' chances, certainly in the House and I think in the Senate as well. They've got a good chance to pull this off. We'll probably do uh, an election update maybe on Tuesday, one week out from the election, and give you uh, where we stand with both the Senate and gubernatorial races. We'll give you that to you next week. Uh, back in a second. Stomach's rumbling and you don't know what to eat. Grab a snack that can't be beat. These yummy poppers are as tasty as they get with a light, crunchy texture that you'll never forget. Down for jalapeno cheese? Now we're talking. Open this bag and let your day be popping. That's a poem from Chester Dengus. Chester Cheetah. Hi, I'm Dr. Steve Brule. Uh, this is a new product on Stew Eats America. Are you ready for it? New product on the market right now. Chester's Poppers Jalapeno Cheese Whirls Flavored. Or you could all say jalapeno flavored cheese whirls. So I guess the cheese whirls, is, an, is that an existing product? And they're just dumping the jalapenos? Look, I'm, I'm for I, I I support Chester. Chester, unfortunately, not running for office, but I would vote for him if he were. Now, by the way, this is Stew Eats America. We grade these products. It's snack foods for you to get through your weekend between an A and an F. The old school sort of uh, grading platform, if you remember from your days of getting D's and F's. Smell I would not say is appetizing. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Not a great smell. Okay. Chester Cheetah's uh, jalapeno popper thingies. Let's try them out. Okay. Hold on. Let me try another one. Okay. The smell's not good. I don't know what the smell is. And it's pop. I think I got these at like Dollar Tree or something. So maybe there's a little bit of... They've been around for a little while. They taste pretty good, though. They have a little bit of a kick, not a huge one. They're not overly cheesy like you'd expect a, a Cheeto to be. You know, they're, they're a little bit light on the cheese. They're okay. Uh, now, there is a, um, for any of you Philly people out there, hers has an incredible uh, jalapeno cheese curl. That I, I, it's, an a, it's an A product for me. And the honey cheese curls are an A-plus product. Incredible. This one, edible. Can I eat a whole bag of these? Yes. Will I eat this whole bag? Yes. I'll give this one a C plus for uh, Chester's Poppers Jalapeno Cheese Whirls flavored. No poem for this next one. And I don't know what the heck it is. I've got to be honest with you, I don't understand this one at all. It is a new Coca-Cola flavor. It is called uh, <laughs> Zero Sugar Soul Blast. Now, that sounds like an assault. Your soul, I mean, what are they doing to my soul? Uh, bleach, uh, whoever bleaches, I hope it's not like Clorox, but Bleach and Coca-Cola have collaborated on a limited edition Soul Blast flavor to entice fans' taste buds when Thousand Year Blood War premieres. This, what is this? <laughs> what kind of, pro why are you partnering with someone who's having a Thousand Year Blood War? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, but let's give it a shot. Uh, what is this supposed to taste like, do we know? Uh, maybe I should just be surprised by it. Uh, it has a cool little like anime figure on it. And I guess that's probably who, I don't know. 
who we're talking about. And it's Japanese, I think. It's all the uh, ingredients back here are Japanese. This just says poison in Japanese. Okay, here we go. Hmm. <laughs> I don't, you know, I wouldn't say the flavor profile is uh, particularly upfront. It's not uh, very strong. It doesn't taste that much different than normal Coke Zero, to be frank with you. It has a little bit of a fruity flavor to it. I can't necessarily identify what it is. And when I do, people usually make fun of me. But uh, I'm trying to find out if it actually says. I'm just going to have to assume it's blood. I mean, I've never myself drank blood. So I'm going to have to assume it's a blood war product. It's a soul blast is the name of it. I'm going to have to assume this is what the blood directly taken from a soul uh, tastes like. Mixed with Coke Zero. And on that factor, the Coke Zero is pretty good, but I'll give this one only a C. I don't see much improvement here. In fact, it's a little bit worse than normal Coke Zero. There you go. Stew Eats America. We'll see you Monday. Only one week to the election.